Welcome to Zero Down from the Economics Department of Miranda House. Today we're talking about movies and economics. While discussing the 2007 crisis in class, I remembered the movie The Big Short that portrayed the crisis in a really engaging way. The audiovisual portrayal of the movie made it easier for me to visualize the situation of the crisis and it was interesting to be able to connect the content with what I was studying in class. Right? It's such a great movie, but what's really interesting is during the 2000s and the 2010s, there were so many movies about the economic collapse and the consequence of capitalism and greed, mainly in the based on true events genre during this period, including movies like Inside Job, Too Big to Fail, Margin Call, and so on. These movies portray not just the action leading to the collapse and the institutions responsible, but how it affected the life of everyday people too. Yes, and when such a global economic phenomena hits you in the face, it would be hard to not let it affect the movie trends at the time. Even little changes in the economic conditions of people end up being reflected in the movie movies of that era. Subsequently, it made me think of the interconnectivity of economics and cinema, that is about the economic impact of movies and about how the economy affects the cinema industry. Before we try and answer these questions, Let's set the stage in which cinema as a whole developed. So, how did cinema come into existence? Can the history of cinema give us an insight of how cinema reflects the economic conditions of the times it represents? It is difficult to determine the exact beginning of the moving pictures. For a long time, humans have attempted to tell stories by capturing pictures. In fact, around 200 BC, shadow puppetry emerged in parts of Asia. It became so massively popular. that we can call it a sort of prelude to cinematography and in the late part of the 19th century many photographers attempted to create moving pictures through different methods there was thomas edison who began making short motion pictures through kinetoscope kinetoscope gained popularity and edison company began installing machines in hotel lobbies amusement parks and penny arcades and soon kinetoscope parlors where customers could pay around 25 cents for admission Another event that is considered a landmark moment in the history of cinema took place in December 1895. Cinematograph, a device made by the Lumiere brothers, was shown to paying audiences in London. It served as a camera, a projector, and a film printer all at once. Fun fact about the Lumiere brothers: the first picture that they showed in a theater was called "Train Leaving the Station," and it basically showed the footage of a train leaving a station, like an interjet. But the people were so noble to the idea of a moving picture that when they saw this in theaters, they were so sure that it wasn't a movie and it was an actual train. That when it entered the footage, they actually went out of the cinema hall because they were terrified of it actually hitting them. That is really fun. Early films, for obvious reasons, were black and white and soundless, and featuring subjects like sports or a staged scene from life. So there wasn't any continuity or a narrative structure to it. It was more sort of a tableau, right? So then, eventually, narrative gained importance and films grew to several minutes. Though the movie had no sound, they would be accompanied by a speaker delivering lectures, live music, or sound effects to generate interest. And to convey conversation, it would just cut to a plain screen in which the words were written, as we have seen in Charlie Chaplin and Laurel and Hardy movies. The rise of film's popularity among the masses was made apparent when the theaters meant only for films began to open, and it led to creation and consumption of more and more films prominently in Britain, France, Italy, and America. Filmmakers around the world were experimenting with effects 
editing, shooting techniques, etc., to achieve transitions, perspective, and other storytelling devices. The English inventor George Albert Smith is sometimes credited to have established what we call the grammar of film through his work or the ideas that would help film audiences to follow the story being told. The first movie to ever tell a complete story was The Great Train Robbery in 1903 and in 1905 people in the movie business came up with a promotional tool to make the movies affordable. Patrons paid one nickel to watch a film. That's why these theaters were actually called Nickelodeon and they rose in popularity over time. And the first full-length Indian film was Raja Harish Chandra and was created by Dada Sahib Phalke in 1913. Film theaters opened up in Bombay and Calcutta and they became very popular among the masses because of their affordable ticket prices. While the film industry was smoothly rising, the First World War greatly hampered the European film industries and a lot of them had to shut down. During this time, America's film production also moved to California, which became the place of advent of most feature films from the 1920s onwards. In the initial attempts to add color, film would be painted by hand or toned and stenciled. Then Technicolor gained popularity by the 1930s. Ever popular classics such as Gone with the Wind and The Wizard of Oz were important films made using the C-Color Technicolor process. 1920 in America marked the advent of technological and social changes. And you know, by 1920s, theaters started coming up everywhere. Movies for most became a once-a-week affair. Exactly. People who had absolutely no idea about the names of government officials were well-versed with the names of actors. Movies provided a refreshing change from the mundane. Theaters served as an avenue for people to socialize with others and they could get to these easily in their cars. The new prosperity in the 1920s meant that more and more people had the time and money to spend on film and theatre tickets. Different sections of the society could have the same entertainment as their fellows in different countries or across continents. They shared the same aspirations to be like movie stars, Douglas Fairbanks, Charlie Chaplin and Mary Pickford became not only household names, but people to look up to and aspire to. Come the 1930s and the Great Depression, the economic conditions changed along with it and the movies of that time reflected the reality too. For example, the 1933 film Man's Castle was a Depression-era drama starring Spencer Tracy as a homeless man in New York, New York City. It reflected the times during the Great Depression when people did not have money and a lot of them had to live on streets. Another movie that we might be more familiar with is Modern Times, the silent comedy film written and directed by Charlie Chaplin in his iconic little champ character who struggled to survive in the modern industrialized world. The film is a comment on desperate employment and financial conditions many people faced during the Great Depression, conditions created in Chaplin's view by the efficiency of modern industrialization. In 1927, sound films were introduced. The main innovator was Warner Brothers, backed by the band Goldman Sachs. Although many other sound systems had been tried and marketed from the 1900s onwards, the electrical microphone invented at Bell Labs in the mid-1920s sharply increased the quality of sound films and made possible the change of the industry. Introduction of the sound in the film industry captured the interest of large industrial companies as well as banks who were eager to finance a new innovation. Movie theatres started trending and live entertainment started fading out. Films came to be seen as a means to influence behaviour by getting messages across to a mass audience. They became both a form of entertainment as well as a method of communication. In economic terms, sounds represented an exogenous jump in sunk costs and product quality which did not affect the basic industry structure very much. 
the industry structure was already highly concentrated before sound and the european new york jersey and florida film industries were already shattered however it industrialized away most of the musicians and entertainers that had complemented the silent films with sound and entertainment especially those working in the smaller cinemas this led to massive unemployment among musicians one of my favorite movies of all time the 1950s movie starring Gene Kelly, Debbie Reynolds and Donald O'Connor singing in the rain offers a light-hearted depiction of Hollywood in the late 1920s with the three stars portraying performers caught up in the transition from silent films to talkies. It shows how a lot of people especially in the film industry had trouble adapting to the new technology with mishaps such as misplaced mic sets, creating voices of the main actors, sound transitions and dubbing. According to many sources The most profound cause of the decline in cinema attendance in 1950s was the birth of a comparatively small device called a television set. The 1950s proved to be the golden age of television during which the medium experienced massive growth in popularity. Mass production advances made during World War II substantially lowered the cost of purchasing a set, making television accessible to the masses. There was an 87% increase in television and this figure has steadily increased since then. and television was a much more convenient way to enjoy entertainment than going out to a theater especially since once the television was purchased the enjoyment was free so millions of americans who owned television by the early 1950s were attending cinema far less regularly than they had several years earlier and the motion picture industry was scarred since the broadcast television was free it was hard for the studios to convince people to look away from a cheap medium that was already in their homes So the movie studios diversified. They began to produce not just movies but also television shows. Studios licensed out their movies for television broadcast and opened record labels in an attempt to make more money. When VCR technology made on-demand home movie viewing possible for the first time, filmmakers had to adapt to a changing market. By 1986, the revenue from the VCR matched the revenue from the film industry. Several studies have shown the decline of the cinema industry was due to the substitution towards TV and VCR. The UK cinema industry has been in a state of decline since 1957. In Germany, attendances of cinema peaked in the 1950s but fell drastically thereafter with the introduction of TV among other things. So from TV, we are in the present age and we have moved on to the huge popularity of streaming services, both hosting and producing content of their own. now we are at a period where content is never lacking and there's something for everyone so the question is do people still want to go to the cinema i mean i definitely do but i know a lot of people whose interest in theaters have waned over the years but it's still a thriving industry for some albeit with a lot of added pressure on it exactly cinema has undergone a lot of change to become what it is today but how did it become such a big industry what are the demands for cinema and why do they demand it Speaking about demand for cinema, one of the major factor has to be income of the household or the income of the individual in deciding whether we go and watch a movie, right? Like that's just a basic sense. Right. Also, ticket prices all affect the demand for cinema to a large extent. In general, there exists an inverse relationship between price of the ticket and demand for the cinema. Right. Not just that, the price is related good. in the situation related goods would be the price of the substitutes that we have such as tv programs videos satellite theaters opera and so on so the decision to go to a cinema would be generally dependent on the comparative prices of these things but not just economic factors but if you take in social factors also they play a huge role in deciding whether we go to the cinema or not 
take for example the amount of free time we have so that would decide so we have to allocate some time to walking studying sleeping eating and so on so the amount of free time that we have has to be allotted to watching a movie as well so that would also be a factor in deciding whether we go to the cinema or not also people who have to spend long hours to do their job would also prefer watching tvs at their homes and going to the cinema and spending extra time also advertisement and promotional activities affect the demand for a particular movie for example the movies that have done a lot of promotional activities would catch the attention of the audience and they would prefer to go to that movie than miss out on it Right, exactly. Even if you consider the movie promotion in recent times, they have found with each and every movie that's coming out, the studios have found innovative ways to market their movies. Even if they disregard the impact of social media in promoting a movie, they also have the actors go on talk shows and press junkets right. where they talk about the movies. uh they influence uh, critics and so on to write about their movies and so on and that's another uh, factor in which we decide whether we want to watch a movie or not right also the preferences of people affect the demand for a movie like people would prefer to watch a movie with their favorite actors in it than to go for another movie uh but adding on to that awards also affect the image the people have for a movie uh for example taking the south korean movie parasite into attention after it received the oscar a lot of people started talking about it even i got interested in the movie after it got the oscar it got my attention i watched it after the after it received the award otherwise i wouldn't have watched it or even known about it Exactly. A lot of art movies and indie movies depend on these Oscar or other award shows to put their name in the limelight because they could not afford the promotional and advertisement costs that other big studios could afford. Uh, so far, we have explored the effects of the economy on the cinema industry. But now, let's move on to how movies affect the economy. So according to a report the economic impact of the creative industries that is the movies tv and streaming services can be measured under three buckets the direct impact that is the output that is produced and employment that is generated by companies that are directly engaged in the film tv and movies industries according to a 2019 report in india the creative industries generated a direct gross output of 115000 crore rupees and provided direct employment to 8.5 lakh people regarding uh, we also have the indirect impact it is the output that is produced and employment that is generated mm-hmm. we also have the indirect impact which is the output that is produced and the employment that is generated by suppliers to the creative industry as a result of economic activities by these creative industries for instance increased activity by the film sector will drive demand for hotels transportation cameras etc which will in turn generate economic output and employment The third bucket is the induced impact that is the output that is produced and employment that is generated because of the consumption triggered by the direct and indirect employees above spending their wages. Going back to the indirect impact part, we can talk about how movies affect our behavior as a consumer and not just that as a human being. So let's start off with the different ways in which movies affect our behavior. Creative industries represent a powerful means to shape perception and influence demand. Demand should be spurred through several mechanisms, such as building familiarity. This would mean to reduce intimidation or unfamiliarity by displaying frequent usage of a product or service, or by having a relatable character use the product or service. 
फॉर एग्जाम्पल द मूवी जिंदगी ना मिलेगी दोबारा शोर्ट एक्सट्रीम स्पोर्ट्स लाइक स्कूबा डाइविंग स्काई डाइविंग एंड रनिंग ऑफ द बुल वे कुड बी कैरी फॉर पीपल बट आफ्टर द मूवी इट क्रिएटेड अ लॉट ऑफ इंटरेस्ट एंड पीपल वर विलिंग टू ट्राई इट आउट Right, especially since the characters in the movie share the same fears, and in the end, it shows them overcoming these and having fun. Right. Another way they can do this is by building aspiration. Uh, so this means creating an aspiration value for a product or service by displaying it in a luxuriant manner or having an admirable character use the product or service. An example would be the film Risky Business. Two years prior to the movie, Reban sold just eighteen thousand pairs of his shoes and was contemplating to discontinue the product. After the movie was released, it sold about three sixty thousand pairs. Also, James Bond films usually use the Aston Martin model, but in GoldenEye was the first film to use BMW Z3. And subsequently, it BMW received nine thousand orders for Z3 one month after the film was opened. Moving on to ET, after the movie came out and was the highest grossing film of all time and held records for eleven years. One of the most famous scenes in the movie is the scene in which ET, the alien, is lured into the house by his children when they leave behind a trail of a chocolate Reese's Pieces. Jack Dowd recalled that the resulting sales far exceeded expectations. According to a 1983 People's Magazine article, Hershey's profit rose 65% just because of that movie. Apart from this, the power of the creative industries to spur demand is seen through the lens of tourism as well. It was estimated that a medium-large budget movie for with box office collections of 80 crore rupees could spur an 80% additional revenue from tourism and generate tourism-related employment of 37 times the size of the production crew. Right. For example, in the village where Pride and Prejudice was shot. After the movie came out, saw a hundred and fifty percent increase in visitors to that place in the UK. The movie Eat Pray Love, which was shot in Bali, Indonesia, helped Bali bounce back the tourism after it was struggling due to the terror attacks. It's really interesting to see how much we consciously or unconsciously let ourselves be influenced by the movies. And there we have it. We have or at least endeavoured to explore cinema through the lens of economics. Hope this not only opened your mind to the far-reaching powers of economic analysis. But also about how our socio-economic and political classes influence art and culture, and vice versa. So maybe keep that in mind next time you catch me.